Welcome to the Vision Podcast, a podcast that explores news, topics, and information of interest to the faculty, staff, and friends of the Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences. I'm your host, Karen Brown. And I'm your host, John Burrow. Greetings and welcome to the 11th edition of the Vision Podcast. Earlier in the year, we discussed best practices for teaching online during this COVID-19 pandemic as MSU and most universities have transitioned to an online or hybrid format. However, what of best practices for students with regard to online learning? So today we are joined again by Kathy Sherman Morris and Athena Nagel. Dr. Sherman Morris, a Dean's Administrative Faculty Fellow for the College of Arts and Sciences, is a professor in the Mississippi State University Department of Geosciences, where she recently served as the Director of the Geoscience Distance Learning Programs from 2012 to 2019. Dr. Nagel, an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Geosciences, who has been teaching classes online for 11 years, long time, and has published articles on teaching geographic information systems via distance learning. Dr. Nagel is the recipient, congratulations, of the 2020 Mississippi State University Center for Distance Education Online Teaching Award. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. It's nice to be here again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, we had to call you all back and we were talking before the show started. We have hosted both of you in the past about different options for online teaching and that was very well received. But as the semester is well underway with a few weeks left in this fall term, we wanted to touch base with you again and see within the College of Arts and Sciences how you thought online teaching was going. So I think there have been both successes and challenges. Um, and this doesn't necessarily pertain to just online, but on the success side, I haven't heard too many examples of technology just totally not working. Um, instructors have really adapted to all the challenges um, they've faced with course delivery. Um, but there's also been challenges. Um, so we've heard some examples of students not watching their online lectures or um, not engaging, you know, kind of checking out. Um, and we've also heard about low attendance rate in the face-to-face -face classes. So um, kind of worried about how that's going to impact grades. Yeah, and then also too, Athena, adding into that too, have you seen the same things and you've been teaching online for a while? How has this pandemic and COVID-19 impacted that? Well, a lot of the students I teach are um, graduate level professional people, so they are not necessarily here in Mississippi. So um, adapting to the issues that they're having with COVID um, has been a little different. Some of the military people have had more trouble accessing things. Um, I also had several students that were affected by the hurricanes this semester since there were so many of those. Um, so just trying to be flexible to those kind of things, I mean, which do happen, but it seems like it's kind of more abundant <laughs> this semester. Um, and I think there's kind of, I guess the pandemic fatigue is kind of showing up too. And so trying to keep people motivated has been a little harder this semester than I would say has been in other semesters. People are just worn out, I think a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Fatigue is real. <laughs> yes, yes, I have, I have um, that fatigue and I have online fatigue, but you're absolutely right. I think we're at that point where, and I, I 
in my students, I'm doing hybrid this semester, I'm seeing it as well. They're exhausted, I'm exhausted. I think too, even that one little day break, not having that makes a difference. Obviously there are challenges that are brought on teaching regardless online or in person, but, uh, and we've discussed about, you know, that the students are facing challenges as well as professors, but to be more specific, what are some of those challenges and Likewise, what, what are some challenges that haven't really changed, even though there's a hybrid or online component now? So I, I think that the, some of the challenges that haven't changed are students, from a student point of view, or students still have to find a way to motivate themselves to get into the class and to interact. That's, that's been a problem with online since the beginning. Um, and I feel like once students realize that they really can feel like they're in a class, if they interact and do the same things they would do in a face-to-face -face class, um, that that would be that would be helpful to them, that they would learn more. I think a, a new challenge that I'm seeing right now, and I think this is because so many people are working remotely at home and different things, is people are doing more work on their phones or their iPads, and they're not turning the notifications off. So they're getting constantly interrupted more than I've ever seen people do that before. And so I even just talked to one student today about that and how they need to actually stop and get to a distraction-free place to learn. And that, that seems like that's harder for some reason this semester. That, at least that's the big one I've noticed. That's so true and probably adding to that fatigue as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that, might, that might kind of come into play with one of the things I wanted to mention too. Um, like thinking about getting all those notifications and, you know, just not knowing how to deal with all the things. Um, there are two things that I've heard from students this semester. And um, one is that they don't have structure in their lives <laughs> this semester. Um, sometimes um, their classes like change from face to face to online, like week to week. Um, or just like keeping straight, like, when do I need to turn in this assignment? Am I turning this assignment in online? Or, you know, when do I watch this lecture? Or that kind of thing. Um, so for younger students and for students um, who are used to face-to-face -face classes, taking um, online classes for the first time, or um, I think having that extra structure is really helpful for them. Um, so things like having, you know, synchronous uh, lectures or set times where you require participation, um, if your class can allow it. I know the classes that um, that Athena and I have often teach are typically more asynchronous classes. But um, even with an asynchronous class, you can still have structure like making a quiz due once a week, something like that. And then um, the other thing that I've, I've heard, and I hate to hear this, is um, students saying that they are having to teach themselves. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel that it's, it's usually not true, um, that they, it could be remedied somehow just through communication, um, you know, reaching out to your professor, um, just trying to figure out how to, how to better, um, you know, talk to the professor to, to get the learning out of the class. And John, if I can, I know you were going to ask the next oh, yeah. question, but I wanted to follow up there. So I'm really intrigued by that because, for example, I've heard that from my own students and I lecture online, I guess, I think as if I were in the classroom and I'm providing the materials to, to me, it doesn't seem that different, but apparently it's very different to them. Or is it more of a perception they feel like they're teaching themselves? I kind of feel like it's more of a perception. I think so, too. 
but I, think I don't a, know. I think a lot of students are less willing to reach out. Like, and I think that's why they feel like they're online or I mean on their own. And mm -hmm. I've been struggling with this for a while, especially with undergrads. Like I'm constantly telling them, I'm really here to help you. I like teaching. I want to teach. Please let me teach you, you know, things like that. Um, and so I am here. <laughs> yeah. So I found like, even just if I haven't heard from one in a while, depending on how many students you have, I might just send them an email and be like, Hey, are you still okay? What's going on? Or just sign in your emails with things like, what, let me know what other questions you have, like leave it completely open where the, so they don't have to like feel like they need to impose on you. Cause I get that all the time. I'm sorry to bother you. Blah, blah. You're not bothering me. This is my job. I want to do it. Let me. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Great point. And um, obviously you mentioned a few tips there for students, but what are some other suggestions perhaps for students who listen? Uh, how could they more effectively learn online or in a hybrid uh, scenario? Yeah, I mean, communication is is really important. Um, like like Athena said, don't be afraid. <laughs> they shouldn't be afraid to to contact their instructor. Um, we usually see it as a good thing. Um, and um, I guess one specific tip would be if you can be detailed in your question rather than just saying something like "I don't understand." Um, <laughs> right. That's like I mean that's the common way. Like oh, I just don't understand this concept. Can you help? But um, it helps if you're detailed. If you um, try to like say exactly what it is you don't understand, um, or if you could say like pointing to a per particular part of the lecture, um, that can show that you're you're making an effort. But it can also save like you know time back and going back and forth with the student. Um, and also just taking advantage of the stuff that the instructors have put online, like watch the whole lecture, um, take notes besides just like copying the PowerPoints to look at later, um, you know, go back through your notes later, put them in your own words, try to reorganize them to pull out what's most important. Um, just put effort in. Um, I mean, I know we just talked about you know, students having to teach themselves. So I, I, I want to kind of make a distinction between putting the effort in and having to do all the work yourself. I mean, you still want to take advantage of your instructor um, because they are there to help you learn. One thing I might add to that too is to take advantage of your classmates. Like um, the discussion boards are there. Um, I mean, if it's 2 a.m., I'm probably not checking. I might be, but I'm probably not checking um, your questions right then. I know uh, you won that so, award for something, Athena. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but that's been one thing I found trying to encourage them to talk to each other so they feel more connected to the class has also been helpful. Like there are other people having the same struggles or questions that they have. So if they connect through the discussion board, that's that's another way that they can come up with things together. Um, and I think too, like setting up their own schedule, like Kathy was saying earlier, um, is super helpful even if they have to get like a calendar and block it off like here, cause I've, I've told lots of students to do that, you know, put all your assignments in, block off your study time, make sure that you're actually putting the time in that you would in a face-to-face -face class. Cause I think they do a lot of those things automatically because they're used to a face-to-face -face format and they don't realize that they need to do the same thing for online. Right, very, very, very true. And, and both of you have answered very well what students need to do to change their behavior in order to succeed in these online teaching formats. Um, guess I want to throw the question, should teachers adapt more for what works best for students or should students adapt the chicken before the egg? Where do you think that needs to happen or both? I think that 
I think it's on both ends. You can't take a traditional face-to-face -face class and shove it in an online shell and have it work the same way. You just can't. Um, so the teacher has to adapt to best practices for online and, and maybe even to that group of students, depending on the situation. Um, I think we saw a lot of us adapting more in the spring than we probably ever have. Um, <laughs> quick but, adaption. <laughs> yeah, quick adaption. Um, so I think that that's, that's part of it. So teachers do need to put in the effort to meet students where they are, how they can. Um, you know, making sure that your class is organized is a really a big one. Like if students can't log on and find things or your instructions are really unclear, that's a lot more work for you and it's a lot more work for the students. So having like an organized structure to it um, would definitely help a lot. And I, I will um, reiterate communication again. Um, being present um, is one of the most important differences that um, faculty need to be aware of. Um, that you can't just like do like you would do face to face, go in, you know, record your lecture, post it, have virtual office hours and call it done. You want to still keep doing stuff like sending out reminders and, um, you know, yeah, posting stuff on the discussion board and stuff like that. Um, Kathy, you I, mentioned those reminders. Um, my students in my class, when I do see them face to face, have said how helpful that is to them. Um, they oh, just feel like they're spread so thin that I guess in normal times, teachers would say, well, it's on the syllabus or it's on the schedule, but they're distracted, you know, like you were talking about all the notifications. So I like that idea. And you were yeah. going to say something. I'm sorry, Kathy. Oh, um, just something made me think about the, the structure and the routine. Um, I was listening to something else and um, the student was talking about not only for her class, but just having a personal routine, you know, like getting up, exercising, you know, setting this time aside for class because you don't have that like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 every week. So just kind of come up, coming up with your own schedule and, and sticking to it can help you um, help you succeed a little bit better. I love that. And I'm hearing from both of you that need for structure and routine. And I think the other point that I'm taking from both of you, too, is I can't just automatically think what I've done. It just transfers online. It's it's it's, it's a different medium. So what can teachers do to ensure that their students learn better online and are not, as they say, teaching themselves? I think we both actually already said some of these things, but like, you know, reaching out to your students, having virtual office hours if you're not doing it. Um, if you see somebody that's not doing well in your class, maybe reaching out. Um, and then like, there are things you can do to help prepare for next semester, like um, reflecting on what went well, maybe um, adding a question or a couple questions um, into your class. Like, what do you think worked? What didn't? What would you add? Um, some things like that I think can help. Yeah, and I before, think, oh, go ahead, Athena, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't want to jump all over you. Um, no, go ahead. I think uh, this kind of goes with what Kathy was saying, but I think your presence in the class too is a big contributor. Like if the students can connect to a person, then they're gonna be way more likely to log in and do the things that they need to do. But that requires some effort on your part to be there and, and for them to know you're there and it's not some computer program just running the class for them. Um, so that's the reminders, like you said, but you know, I do, I do weekly announcements in my class and every, every Monday, um, and we have a discussion that we talk about for the week on just some random topic that relates to the class. Um, I tell them about things that are going on in Starkville at, on campus, like, oh man, that football loss was awful, but at least the weather's nice, things like that. Um, 
to just kind of be be present in the class so that there's there's a face with everything and i think that helps them too because it's more than just oh i have to go log into my computer you know and so that kind of goes with what kathy was saying about your communication a lot but i i think how you go about it can be like you don't have to be I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but you know, you can be a little more friendly and outgoing to like you would do it, like your little chats before class starts in your face-to-face -face class or whatever. Try to incorporate those kind of things in your online class too. And I think it will help you. Yeah, I think that's, that's some of the things we're hearing from students that they're missing, like that interaction before class um, kind of, you know, it's, it's informal, but it's part of the classroom learning experience. So yeah, that's a And that connection with the teacher, right. So given that it's, as the time of recording the 22nd of October and the semester is coming to a what seems like rushing halt so to speak. Holy cow! I know. <laughs> uh, what advice do you want to leave and impart on faculty and students to make sure they finish strong? Well, um, so the student or the Center for Student Success recently shared five tips for students. So I think they're worth repeating. Um, don't procrastinate get organized, communicate. So there's that communication again, take good notes and choose a good place or two to study. And some of these I think are um, probably maybe a little bit more important than others. Um, like obviously communication, we've talked about a couple times. And then um, as far as not procrastinating, that kind of goes in with the, you know, organization and um, like know when things are due. Um, if you have trouble, if you think you're gonna miss an assignment or something, you know, talk to your professor beforehand. Um, it's usually better than waiting and then you know don't wait until the day or the hour when things are due because things come up like you know you might get called into work or you might lose your power or um, things that you can't plan on um, so it's it's best to kind of stay ahead of the game if, if you can um, and then for for faculty i would say again like stay present in your class um, Maybe try to incorporate some of the tips if you're not doing them already. Um, I know a lot of faculty are, are really trying already doing all these things. So, um, and then if you can give yourself a break once the semester's over. We all need a mental break, um, you know, with the, the the virus fatigue as well as all these challenges from the semester. And I want to add something there. One of those tips that I took to heart. I listened to another podcast. Just there's another podcast. Just kidding. But, <laughs> During when COVID started, it talked about finding a space and making that space very warm and friendly and welcoming. And I did that at my house and it did me a world of good. Um, before I was at the kitchen table and so I felt like I was always at work and I was distracted where I made this one little corner and I told a friend about it. And so she did that at her house. She made a little area in the living room and just got a very inexpensive divider. But at least she feels like that's where she's doing her work. And I think students could do the same thing um, for that routine. So I just want to throw that out there. That was a game changer for me too. Because when we first went remote, I was like sitting on my rocking chair with my laptop <laughs> and it just was not working. And like once I started have like set up a desk, just you know, having a keyboard and a computer, I mean, it, it made all the difference. So yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I would reiterate a lot of those things. Um, if people could remind themselves, like, we really are almost done. You, you've done most of the work, just hang in there. Um, I think too, going back and making sure that if there's material that you didn't understand, that's gonna be on your final, take the time and learn that now. Don't wait till like right before the exam or, or your final project to know those, to know what you need to do. Um, and then just make sure that they understand 
like how their grades going to be calculated and that they've done everything that they need to to um, you know to make sure that they're at the grade that they need to be at um, and perhaps if they're not then they could reach out to their instructor and get some some more guidance on what, how they need to prepare for something or finish you know finish something up or whatever's going on with their class um, so that they can get the most points possible for what's left of the semester because it's really it really is downhill I know it doesn't feel like it <laughs> but we're almost there it feels uphill and downhill at the same time to me <laughs> <laughs> yes. no but um thank you both so much yeah. for joining us on the podcast um as we were talking about before the show started we realized that this podcast will be listened to by a lot of faculty and staff and we're talking about students but I think our hope as a group here is that teachers will hear these concerns and these tips and share them with their students. You know, maybe that's the perfect dialogue like Athena was saying at the beginning of class how she has, you know, you can even do a little video. I've heard of people doing video announcements and putting those in Canvas. And so you could have some of these tips that you hear in this podcast, or that is our hope. Well, thank you all for being here on the Vision Podcast. And for those of you that are listening, if you're interested in John and I exploring a topic of interest to you or the broader community, or have questions you'd like to address in a future podcast, email me, Karen Brown at kbrown at dnas.msstate.edu. And we look forward to hearing from you. And we have a dedicated section on the Arts and Sciences website to house various online teaching resources and our Vision Podcast scripts. From our homepage, simply click on the media tab and scroll down to see Vision Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the Vision Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, www.cas.msstate. .edu for more information about the College of Arts and Sciences. Please be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'd appreciate you helping us spread the word, letting others know about the podcast. You can also stay up to date on news and information about the College of Arts and Sciences by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences, learning through discovery.